Have you ever been about to post something, whether it's promoting your brand, your business, or even just speaking your opinion on a matter, and all of a sudden you start questioning if your opinion, what you do, and what you have to offer are actually good enough for posting? Or maybe you feel like you're walking around in your job constantly questioning whether or not what you're contributing to the organization even matters. You may be suffering from what is known as imposter syndrome. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about how imposter syndrome has been not only impacting so many of us when it comes to um, increasing depression and anxiety, but also how it could be potentially affecting Black women specifically when it comes to us not being able to show up as our whole selves. Let's get started. You are now listening to the Reminder Remedy Podcast with Alina Conley, reminding you that everything you need is everything you got to flourish exactly where you are. We believe the world needs happier women, so we provide tools, tips, and life hacks based on the research of positive psychology. This helps you rediscover your strengths while increasing your overall happiness and productivity so that you can take action today. When women flourish, Everybody wins. Let's get into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back, everyone. I am very excited to be bringing this conversation and topic to the Reminder Remedy today because I honestly feel like if it's not the number one, it's definitely the number two um, kind of experience that I have seen come up in conversations, um, in sessions with my clients, even in my own life, and that is imposter syndrome. So if you've ever dealt with it, if you're struggling with it right now, you are going to love this episode. you know, it's something that I want to kind of put a name to, define it, how it's impacting us as women, especially as black women, and then really thinking through how do we really just nix this thing? Or if it is something that comes up as part of our journey, how do we take a hold of it so that on the other side of it, we can really walk freer, more wholesome, more authentic, all of those things that we know we want um, that may be being held captive by this thing. So, you know, while this this um, imposter syndrome is not currently recognized by the APA or the American Psychiatric Association, it is a real thing. There are symptoms, there are commonalities across people that experience it. um, And there has been a ton of research done on it. And so we want to explore that today. So if I had to put a definition to imposter syndrome, it is really just the idea that our accomplishments um, have actually just come about not through our genuine ability, but as a result of having being lucky. So typically, if we're struggling with imposter syndrome, um, we're asking ourselves questions like, am I good enough? Um, why should anyone listen to me? Why am I in the front of the room? Why am I the keynote speaker? You know, does anybody or does everyone know more than I do? You know, am I in a position where I am being put in front of people to have conversations and give my opinion? But on the other side of it, are people just judging me and criticizing me because they actually know more than me, which makes me feel like a fraud? Um, You know, put simply, imposter syndrome is... In our minds, we think that we are fraudulent or that we are fake, (laughs) okay? And, you know, there have been over 14,000 research studies done on people. And some of the traits that have come up for imposter syndrome is that, number one, men and women are equally affected by this syndrome. Um, And some of the evidence suggests that imposter syndrome reduces with age. And we'll talk about that a little bit later and and kind of what I think about that. And then we also know that from the research that imposter syndrome is also associated heavily with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and social dysfunction. Okay. So, um, 
you know, I remember, <laughs> this is going to sound funny to some people, but I remember in high school, like being considered fake or phony, or even now, if we think about, you know, the criticism that comes when you find out someone has had, you know, some alterations to their face or their body, um, it becomes like this piece of conversation. It's like to some degree, the, the, the worst accusation that you could have in high school was to just be what, what we would say is fake as hell, right? And so that has almost translated in a different way as we become adults because in the back of our mind or subconsciously, it's like we want to be able to not be seen as someone who is just out here talking out the side of their neck, giving fluff. Um, and we know that there is a lot of that that goes on. And so we know that we don't want to be in that crowd, right? We don't want to be the person that people are labeling as, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Or, you know, why does this person do these things? Or these this person, you know, doesn't have, doesn't really look like this in, in real life. You know, to be real, to be authentic is probably the the thing that we 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 run after the most outside of just genuine like success and happiness etc is we want to be seen as our full selves but we often question do we even really know how to do that or are we doing that to our best of our abilities or are we enough do we produce produce enough in our most genuine, um, holistic self, our whole self to be able to come to people in a way where we will hundred percent feel like, you know, we're bringing our A game or kind of showing up as we want to show up. And so, you know, there are a few things that made me want to really address this. And I was actually on a Instagram live a couple of weeks ago, and it was a conversation between Malik Till and uh, Nidra Tawab. And she was really talking about her new book, Boundaries, which I just started reading it. So we'll save a full review on the book for a later episode. But something that she said in their Instagram live conversation stood out to me. And it was really when she was talking about how she even ended up on social. So if you follow uh, Nidra, you know that she, you know, has hundreds of thousands of followers and her page is highly engaging because she puts out just very simple gems on creating boundaries for yourself. Um, but one of the reasons why she said that she even came to social media was because so many of her therapy clients, so she's a, a actual clinical therapist, um, they were coming to her with woes about how Instagram and social media had been having an impact on their me- mental health. And in her book, she actually has an entire chapter on social media boundaries, which I can't even wait to read that because, I mean, that's just like a whole nother subject matter. Um, and then outside of her comment, about how many of her clients were coming to her about, you know, their issues with some somebody saying something on social media or doing something or saying something and how that was impacting them. Um, also kind of resonated with my leak because she made a comment about how, you know, she had recently had a huge breakthrough in therapy where she realized she was no longer having this desire to make people like her or to be a certain way. And it really just got me thinking about how this epidemic of social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly is not only impacting our mental health, but is also impacting how we feel like we need to show up, can show up, who we can be, who we shouldn't be, who we want to be, if we don't even know how we want to (laughs) be on social media, because, you know, there's so many unwritten rules between what needs to be said, how you say it, you know, what content needs to be put out there, you know, and then there's this other thing where some people don't even say anything. They're just straight on there watching other people, you know, and for many of you, um, I have, I've even had clients where I'll say, you never say anything. You just on here trolling and looking at everybody else. And it's not because there's nothing to contribute, but because there may be a recognition of the pressure that is put there on saying the perfect thing, taking the perfect picture, you know, not getting in too many Facebook, Facebook arguments, not being the person that 
you know, your your tweet gets picked apart, right? There's so many things that go into it that leaves people wondering, how do I actually capture who I truly am in these spaces so that I don't feel like, you know, I'm being fake or I'm contributing to a conversation that doesn't represent how I really feel in these spaces. I know somebody on the other end that's listening to my voice right now. It's like, Alina, come on, girl. You are really speaking my language because I know that these are the things that ruminate through our mind, um, either about ourselves or about others in terms of how we interact in these quote unquote social spaces. Um, you know, I even, I've had several personal conversations, you know, with my clients and even myself around the impact of social media on mental health because of these things. Um, but also how imposter syndrome has made it 10 times uh, more, uh, 10 times harder uh, because of the impacts of the way that we have to communicate with people, right? So it's like you have these two beasts that we're dealing with, imposter syndrome and then just social media in general. And today I don't want to fully go down that social media times uh, mental health discussion just because... Um, I've, if I've had it in other spaces and it can be a little long, <laughs> so we'll save it for maybe a series or something. Maybe we'll do a live because it is, it is a thing, but I do want to talk specifically about imposter syndrome, this whole idea that, you know, who we are, what we are and what we have accomplished was just luck. Right. Um, or that maybe we're not as good as we think we are, um, and all of the ways that this is specifically impacting the health of Black women. Um, so there are a few different ways that imposter syndrome shows up across my table most frequently. Um, and, you know, that is when it's time for my clients to start showing up to promote their business. Um, they may start asking themselves questions like, do people care about what I have to say? You know, how I say it? Am I saying it the right way? You know, am I doing the newest thing the right way? You know, is my presence going to um, show that I know what I'm talking about? Um, another thing is they'll ask, you know, Will people respect me as an expert? Do people even value my opinion, right? So an imposter syndrome is showing up because you could have someone who has been in the field of education for almost 20 years, but it may be their first time getting in front of a new um, platform or a new audience. And all of a sudden they start questioning, do I even know what I've been doing for 20 years? Which is crazy if we think about it, but it's what's happening to us, right? And then, you know, some people will say, do I have the look, right? The, the, the image required to promote my brand, my knowledge, my excellence on social media. And I keep talking about social because the reality is, especially in the COVID environment, a lot of business owners are having to synthesize their decades and decades of knowledge into a post or a live or a blog. And all of those things require a skill set that can sometimes leave us feeling lesser than. And that's just not the case. We have to constantly reinforce that it's just a medium. It's just a platform. You know what you know, and you just got to get it out there, right? So more on solutions later. But then the other way that it shows up across my table <laughs> is that, um, you know, in the, in the corporate space, right? And this is um, people that are working, you know, your nine to fives and are, you know, maybe managers or executives. And they are actually dealing with um, feeling like an imposter because they feel like they're constantly having to shrink themselves to make others comfortable. Um, they're asking themselves questions like, do I fit in here? Um, and then even feeling like, am I capable of doing this job because I feel like a, an, an imposter amongst my peers or when I look to my left and my right, I'm not represented in these spaces. So even though I know I know myself and I've been in this space just as long as these other people, to some degree, imposter syndrome is hitting me because 
I know I'm not being able to kind of do things my way. I'm having to do it their way. And it feels like I'm constantly trying to be somebody that I'm not to prove that I'm worthy. Um, and then that leaves them asking, like, do I know enough? You know, like, do even though I wasn't raised in these certain environments as my peers or I because I don't do the same things as them or have the same interests or, you know, live the life that they live after hours or on the weekend, am I capable to have what it takes to have these same conversations in these bigger rooms? I don't know, right? It leaves them constantly second guessing themselves. So what it really comes down to as we look at both sides of the coin of imposter syndrome, it's just simply, am I enough? Okay. And if we go back into the arsenal and the archive of um, several reminder remedy episodes, especially in season one, when I had, you know, my, my circle series with like Melissa and Chloe and um, Arian, you know, there was this constant statement being made of you are enough, right? And so I personally think that, you know, that that tends to be the easy solution. And we'll get to that later. But let's go, let's stick with am I enough being the question, right? When we're dealing with imposter syndrome. So I think that there are several factors that are playing a role in in this uptick, especially um for black women. Um, but if I had to narrow it down to to two, I would say it is social media, number one, and this concept of weathering. Okay. So um, when I talk about social media, I'm really talking about the criticism and comparison that we know happens, right? So we're all guilty of it, being behind a phone, looking at the shade room, looking at our peers' posts, looking at, you know, our frenemies' posts, looking at people we went to school with, and essentially judging their life, right? Um, Judging their content, their captions, um, their choices, their rants, their relationships. Um, Even if it's something that we actively try not to do, that is just the nature of the beast. We celebrate people, we laugh with people on social, but there is also a high degree of comparison and criticism that happens on social media, okay? So we know that we're doing it, and what happens is that we know that when it's our time to show up, (laughs) right, then it's going to happen to us. And that makes us feel like we need to be 100% perfect and on our A game to some degree or authentic or whoever it is that we decided we want to show up as. We need to be that person because we know what lays on the other side of the phone, right? So that's number one. Um, and then the the weathering concept is basically the the impact or the results of simply being a black woman in America. This is a concept that's brought up most frequently when it comes to black maternal health, right? So I wrote an article one time that shows some of the research on the fact that from the day we are born, black women are higher risk for having high risk or complicated pregnancies just because we are black. Okay, that is a pure fact. It's because of the um, the things that we experience in utero, right? So the stress that our mothers have to deal with. Um, and it's because we're constantly living in a world where we're having to fit a square into a circle, okay? When you think about the things that we've had to do over the last 100 years, it wasn't just, hey, wake up and be black, be a black woman and be great. No, you know, it was take care of other people's kids, you know, cook and clean for the entire, you know, uh, plantation. Now we fast forward, it's kind of like, oh, you know, let's fight these battles in voter suppression. You know, let's get these uh, this representation in corporate America so we can pull these people up. But oh, by the way, when you get in those places, don't forget, you got to look, act and talk like the people that are already there so that they think that you fit well enough so that you can stick around to be there to bring the next generation in but it's never just like oh girl show up 
as yourself. Um, show up with your hair the way you want to, with your nail polish, your lipstick, your outfits. You know, talk about the things that you really do on the weekend. No, right? So this concept of the impact of being Black in America is called weathering. And, and it happens... Um, for black women and it happens for generations to come, even if we choose not to. And the research shows that educated black women actually are even higher risk when it comes to uh, black mortality or maternal health issues um, when giving birth because we have actually experienced more weathering than our black counterparts who maybe didn't go to these um, institutions or have to work these jobs where we're constantly, you know, feeling like we're not enough or being forced to be somebody that we're not or feeling like we have to work double, triple harder to get the degrees, to get the fellowships, to get the jobs. Y'all already know the conversation. So that concept of weathering also not only impacts our health when we're giving birth, it impacts our health, period. Okay. So when we talk about imposter syndrome, it's almost like we have to undo so much of how we were raised to realize who we are because we now are in a space where it's like, oh, show up as yourself, be authentic, be who you are. And in a season where we know that we are the hottest commodity right now, (laughs) for sure, always have been, but definitely in the corporate space right now, we're trying to figure out, okay, how do I separate who I kind of impose myself as for these last 10, 15, 20 years of my career and make the switch of actually showing up who I really am on the weekend in my role um, so that my job is a healthier space for me where I'm not having to fake it, right? So those are the two things. It's like, okay, we got our people that are running businesses on social media feeling like they're imposters because they don't know how, who, or what to show up because they don't want to be criticized and judged or compared or feeling like they're not doing enough or being enough for the world of social media. And then we have the other side of the coin where Black women are in corporate America feeling like imposters and dealing with significant weathering because they're not able to actually show up wholesome. Okay, so I want to specifically talk about social media for a little bit. Um, So growing up, many of us received guidance on how to love ourselves and not worry about, you know, quote unquote haters. Right. Like I, I can remember growing up and, you know, when it comes to how we're raised, our mothers, our, our, you know, our, our, our elders instilling us a certain level of confidence that translates into how you interact at school, how you interact with other humans in the quote unquote real world. But I feel like there's a new extra dynamic of other people in our faces daily um, in this quote unquote social world um, that is putting people in the spotlight and in a space to be judged and criticized. So it becomes a different beast, right? It's like, okay, you know, when we were just having to go to school, you knew how to interpret somebody that didn't like you or was criticizing you or just wasn't a fan of you. But it's a little bit different in terms of, you know, how do you do that in a way where you're actually kind of capturing your own uh, hater, right? Because if we think about it, the way that it happens in real life, right? Where it's like, oh, such and such can judge you, criticize you, stick and, sticks and stones may break your bones, boom, walk past it. But what's happening in the social space is even though those things are exactly the same, because it's not happening in real life, we don't really know fully what screenshots are being taken, what people are saying in their group chats. So we then create this monster in our head of all these sticks and stones. And to some degree, it is happening, right? And you can accept that. But I think that the bigger thing is when it comes to imposter syndrome, we start to ruminate on all of the things that we are projecting on social media based on our own insecurities. Did you catch that? So while there are, there is criticism 
and judgment that happens on social, that has always been a part of life. And we have always kind of, to some degree, known how to deal with that by just simply ignoring it, knowing who you are, being self-confident. But what's also happening is that we are now being our own kind of uh, judgment zone because we don't really always know what's happening when we post something, right? So what's happening with the business owner is if they post something and then they really don't know what somebody is thinking or what they're saying, they start ruminating on all of these thoughts in their head on what could potentially be said about their work, about their craft, about whatever, right? You know, the filter is so many different things. And so, it's a different kind of beast that I personally don't feel like the the human spirit or like our human nature was really ready for, you know? So we talk about like the good and bad of social and technology. And the bad thing is that like, when it comes to processing our thoughts and our energy around what's happening on the other side of the phone is something that constantly goes on in people's heads. That's why you really see a lot of content creators dealing with, you know, this issue of imposter syndrome because their job is to create stuff that gets approved by people on the other side of the phone. And so they're constantly thinking about how can I make something that is going to hit, that's going to go viral, that's going to, you know, get what people want, what, you know, what I want out of them. And so it never, it never shuts off. And you're constantly wondering, oh, is my caption strong enough? Is my picture bright enough? You know, is my, you know, uh, personality on here real enough that people don't look at me as an imposter or fake, et cetera. And when you think about these things, you know, it's partly in your head. But then the other side is that some people, when they get big enough, are actually having to deal with the out loud judgment and criticism of people that if they were with you in real life, could not even compare to you, right? So I've seen a lot of successful business owners voice how they feel like their pages have become super commercial or that they're having to just, you know, kind of stick with inside the box when it comes to their content or their captions. Because every time they try to post something, there are people in their comments that are dragging them, um, judging them. You have all of these Twitter fingers and trolls. So it's now making it where, you know, influencers and people that are successful entrepreneurs don't even feel comfortable really showing up because people are so freely judging and criticizing on there. So if you have someone who's made millions from social and they feel imposter syndrome or they feel like they can't even be them their, themselves, imagine what it feels like to a newbie, right? I think about my clients who are you know, I'll just give an example. If there's someone who's launching a, a new mommy community, right? She may feel anxiety about that because we know there's no perfect moms. And, you know, they may start asking themselves, who am I to be helpful when I can't even fully deal with my own things? And, you know, I think that when it comes to the corporate world, like I said before, it's the imposter syndrome is taking on this role of many of us where it's like, you know, am I inadequate, right? Because we know that that has been projected on us for centuries. It's like, okay, this person just got in the door because of affirmative action or some craziness like that, right? And so it then is projected on you through several micro inequities throughout your career. And then it frankly just ends up mentally famishing you because you're having to deal with, you know, these inequities that they don't even recognize are building up in you. And it leaves you in this place of exhaustion. <laughs> Woo, I'm out of breath just talking about it. But that's how heavily um, this concept is really weighing on us. And I hope that as you hear me, and as some of this resonates with you, you can also hear how silly it is, right? How silly it is for us to judge and criticize others, but how silly it is for us to determine our steps and our next move based on the judgment and criticism 
or the box that other people want us to live in, right? Simply put, we know that that's just not a way to live. So where do we go from here? You know, how do we move past imposter syndrome and take control of our mental health? Um, So I, I want to not talk your head off in today's episode, but you know, I love a good story time. And then I think that I can kind of bring this home with my own personal experience most recently with some imposter syndrome. And and I say recently, but it, it's something that has actually um, impacted me for as long as I can remember. So I had um, recently been dealing with kind of finding my coaching voice is kind of what, you know, my coach would call it or my, 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 um, my teachers would call it. Right. Um, I was kind of having this, these thoughts around like, oh, you know, how do I say things, you know, in a way that is going to be impactful without being too, you know, research driven or sciencey, um, just overall trying to, deal with um, perfectionism, right? I think when it comes to our crafts, whether it's art or coaching or, you know, content, like we all are just dealing with like this this enemy of perfectionism and trying to find the, the right way to bring things to the world. Um, and so f- this, is, this is where the story time comes in. So um, I don't know if y'all have looked at this app called Pattern, um, but I, I know a lot of people are familiar with it. I hadn't really been on it. Um, and, you know, I think it was like Issa Rae, somebody who she had did like a photo drop and she or photos on, on Instagram and she put up something and it was like some kind of reading from Pattern. I'm like, what is this? And everybody's in the comments like, oh, I love Pattern. So, you know me, I'm like, OK, let me go see what this is, because whatever this reading was sounded real Real interesting. So it's basically just like an app that um, is all about just um, personal discovery, self-actualization, all of the things that you guys know I love because you know I love taking the good personality test or whatever. Um, So this app, you have to put in like your exact birthday and time that you were born. And it basically just kind of helps you understand yourself based on those things, but also like how you fit into the world. Very, very cool app. I'm not saying that it's the end all be all, but it was, you know, an interesting app. So, you know, one of the things that it does is it has like these different areas of your life. So there's a specific area about communication in there. So just to kind of give you an understanding of my style of communication or how I interact with people is that, you know, I'm an introvert um, and people always say, there's no way you're an introvert. You're such a people's person. But, you know, when we define introvert, it's really like, where do you get your power? Where do you, you know, really fill yourself up? Is that with people or alone? And for me, that's alone. Like if I could escape by myself at any moment in time to be left with my thoughts and do my thing, that's where I come most alive and I feel happiest, um, which is crazy to think that someone like that has four kids and has to now deal with five people touching them all day. So you can imagine um, how crazy it gets sometimes for me. But anyways, I digress. So, um, you know, one of the things about me is that although I like to be alone and deep in my own thoughts, I also uh, feel a deep connection to humanity, right? So like, um, I I have a, a need to solve the problems of like the human race. So like, if you were to ever like, get a reading on me or read any of these books, it's always talking about like, you have a need to serve people. So it's not, you know, a coincidence that I work in the coaching space, because that is just like, who I am. But with this, I tend to struggle with kind of this dichotomy of like living under a rock and like popping out and like shouting from the rooftop the things that I've like learned or that I've come to know in my time alone. Right. And so when I think about, you know, shouting to the world, it's like I kind of imagine myself as, um, going to the top of the rooftop and saying like, these are the things about the world that I want you to know. And then on the other side, everybody's just kind of looking at me and there's like crickets or people are just like, eh? like, what is she talking about? <laughs> That's why this podcast works because I don't have to like know how y'all react to this. 
Um, so I don't pop out or I run back under the rock so fast because I'm kind of like, well, people really capture what I'm having to say if I'm shouting it out off the rooftops, right? Will people really um, want to kind of hear what I have to say? Um, and so if someone happens to, you know, catch me before I run back under my rock, right? So it's kind of like, you know, you may see me pop out from my rock, do a podcast episode or do a quick Instagram rant. Or even if we're in person and we get into conversation that goes where it needs to go, it's like, oh my God, Alina just really, we had a conversation that just was a very, very high quality connection, right? Like those are, that's where the magic happens for me. That's what I love, you know, and that's just kind of how things are. But when it comes to creating a coaching platform, you know, I would love to just literally be one-on-one with my clients in person. (laughs) That would be just like, what I would want to do all day, every day. You know, some people are like, oh, one-on-one is for the birds, but I love one-on-one because it's just my nature. And if I just could do that, that would be the dream job. But for me to build a business, I have to market my services and I have to essentially convince people that coaching is life-changing. Coaching can help you do X, Y, and Z. This is why you need to hire me. You know, all all of those things that come with being a business owner. So when it comes to me having to bring all of the things that I want to talk about to light, it kind of brought up some imposter syndrome for me because I do have this personality of not necessarily a perfectionist, but I, you know, as a tourist, we think that we know everything and that everybody else is just like crazy and they need to all just listen to us. So to some degree, it's like, I just want to tell y'all how to live y'all life and y'all go do what I say, right? (laughs) It's funny to say that out loud, but that's just like how we think. And so if somebody pushes back or thinks otherwise, it can leave a tourist um, feeling like, you know, dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome. Also, because I like to go deep into my conversations, when I go too deep, I feel like I get more crickets online than when I just keep it very surface level, right? And so that kind of annoys me too, because I'm like, oh, I have to be so basic in my marketing for people to feel like they want to book me. Like I have to say, oh, you know, do you want to be more productive instead of me going down a 10 part series of like what? what helps with productivity, right? I have to keep it very baseline. Anyways, so that is why I kind of struggled with finding my voice or dealing with imposter syndrome because I felt like, you know, how do I stay true to myself? Um, How do I showcase what I, you know, what I can help people with, but doing it in a way that doesn't like leave people feeling like, okay, she's too much, right? Or she goes too deep or, you know, she's not a good fit for me, et cetera. Um, because of the way that I communicate. So anyways, back to the story. So boom, Issa posts the post. Um, I go and download the pattern app, right? And um, I realize that this story is getting a little bit long, so I'm going to try to speed it up. But basically, in my communication pattern, they put that there are fears or hesitation in my communication. And I'm thinking like, hmm, that's interesting because... I had always seen myself as a pretty good communicator, a great storyteller. So for me to be labeled as someone who has fear or hesitation in communication, I thought, oh, this app might be a little up, but I I read on, right? And so basically what the pattern said was, and I'm just pulling it up because I want to, let's see. Um, okay. Although you're thorough at times, you may prefer to stick to pleasant thoughts or stay on the surface of things like you want to avoid going deep. But sometimes your thought process takes you into unknown areas, which can feel uncomfortable and make you shut down your expression. Even if you want to avoid this deeper material, at times you you could feel like you're being forced to face it, like you can't detach from it. In response, you may be afraid of 
what you might have to say and avoid speaking. Okay, this is something I have been dealing with, especially, you know, speaking about the things that I do in coaching. Others could view you as extremely introspective and you could feel a sense of dread whenever you attempt to communicate. Um, You may obsess about your fears and be harder on yourself than you need to be. You could feel gloomy or depressed or seem that way to others. So that was interesting to me because I was like, oh, I wonder if people actually see me as introspective because I really am and I go inward a lot. But I mean, we're all in the house anyway, so nobody could really. I don't know. Y'all have to tell me. On the other hand, you may want to comprehensively describe your experiences to others. Yes. (laughs) At times, you could take conversations deeper than people want to go, or you could talk about your fears in a way that feels like oversharing. Okay, I always struggle with oversharing because I am an open book. My husband is super private. My mom is super private. Most people are. So I try to meet y'all where you are in terms of not going too into it because like oh she talked too much she tell her business when I just be trying to talk about life right okay boom let's keep going this can feel evasive or probing to others and they may react to you in negative ways which reinforces your fears okay hello in either case at times when you think and communicate you could feel anxious like something's driving you to go deeper than you want to it's like your mind is taking you to places you'd rather avoid you could feel like you can't stop imagining worst case scenarios or possibly something about the way you communicate is provoking intense responses in others and it feels like more than you can handle so this even goes back to what i was saying about us ruminating around what we're going to put into the world over social media, because you also may be struggling with, you know, like how deep do you go? What's the worst case scenario? What are people going to think? What are they going to say about me and my husband? What are they going to say about my house? You know, all of these things that people have to deal with when they're facing to the world, you know, if if it's about your research, what are they going to think? Are they going to agree? Is it going to land? You know, do people have time? Right. Um, Anyways, I'm continuing on with my pattern reading. This energy can seem powerful and mysterious, like it's bringing up all your fears and phobias. If this is true for you, because you may not understand why it's happening, you might feel like there's something wrong with you or that you're bad somehow. Whether it's because you need time to reflect and process or because you feel things so deeply, it can be challenging for you to communicate. You might have anxiety around your self-expression. I never thought that I would say I have anxiety around my communications. It wasn't until and and that that would be the source of my imposter syndrome. But when I started thinking about years and years of like when I'm getting ready to do a presentation at work or when I first pledged Delta and I was like a sophomore when I pledged before I would say something at a, a meeting, it would take me. I will always be the last person to raise my hand because I ruminate on my thoughts and how I'm going to bring my thoughts to the audience because it's like, it's almost like Erica Badu when she says like, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. That is how I feel about everything that I communicate. (laughs) So imagine me in marriage, right? Because I'm like, listen, this is how I feel. This is how the world should be, you know, and to have to then constantly kind of figure out what somebody else feels too is a lot. But I almost always want to communicate in a way that lands properly, that people can appreciate what I'm contributing to the conversation. And if I don't feel like I have that perfectly, I'll sit on my thoughts. So I've dealt with this my entire life, but it wasn't until I had this that I realized like, oh, that is why I feel like an imposter. Okay, I'm continuing on. And I'm going to tell y'all why I'm taking you through my own personal process before we hit this hour mark. Okay. So stick with me. So whether you're fighting, I'm continuing with my pattern, whether you're fighting your own depths or you or just want to stay on the surface, you might find that your deeper fears surface when you least expect it. You could be so afraid of negative feedback that you shut down and can't communicate at all. This is me. I thought it was writer's block. Okay. But it wasn't writer's block. It was communication anxiety. Okay. Try not to take this energy personally. Even though you may go deeper than others do in conversation, there's nothing wrong with that. You're meant to explore the depths. Ideally, you'll develop a richer sense of who you are and what you perceive, and you'll be able to communicate it all to others in a comprehensive, multifaceted way. Over time, you can develop intimate, insightful ways of engaging that feel 
fulfilling to both you and others. It's possible that you're already far along on this journey and are able to do do this. Regardless, you're meant to have the ability to see what's behind and beneath things and communicate it thoroughly with grace and ease. Not many people have the ability to see and process the richness of life in the way you do. Because of this, you have the opportunity to be incredibly personal and intimate as you relate to others. Before sharing your insight, make sure that you're comfortable understanding yourself. That way, others can effectively receive what you have to offer. Y'all, I like to throw the phone when I read this because it was such a moment of clarity for me um, because I know that I go deep, right? I love the richness of life. But sometimes in the past, I felt like I don't know how to bring those, all of the things that are important to me about humanity to the commoners, kind of how I looked at it in my mind or to, to whatever. And so I would say over the last five years, that is kind of where I, that's what I've evolved into. Like my whole life I've been like this, but I've more and more became an effective communicator in terms of how do I bring this information to my loved ones or people that I talk to regularly. But even through this podcast, it's been a space where I've been able to start communicating more at ease these things that are on my mind. And it's something that I'm still working on. But what this did for me is it created... Um, a sense of realization about myself. Um, and what I love that it said at the end was before sharing your insights, make sure that you're comfortable understanding yourself. And this was such a breakthrough when it came to kind of like putting a dart in my imposter syndrome around my coaching voice. It's like, okay, make sure you know how you really feel about what you're saying. Because when you really know how you feel and you know what your work has done, right? That's why I love like, you know, being able to continue working one-on-one and getting testimonies because once you know, you know, and that imposter syndrome starts to break away. The other thing about coaching is that once you can get in front of somebody that can align you with your strengths and help you see yourself for who you are, that also nixes imposter syndrome. So like in one of my recent coaching sessions, maybe like a month ago, my coach said, I want you to write down all of your strengths, all the things that make you good. And I want you to also write down like the highlights of your life, you know, that have made you well-equipped to do what you do for your particular niche. And the list was unending, right? And so I think that for me, Not only was I able to nix imposter syndrome over the last six months to some degree, I'll say I'm about 75% there in terms of really figuring out how to communicate my services. Um, You know, I think that more than anything is about realizing what I struggle with because of X, Y, and Z, right? So my whole purpose of going through my process of like, this is what I was dealing with. This is what happened, right? I discovered something about myself, right? I always say, know yourself. Everything you've got, everything you got is everything you need, right? So meaning like I needed to understand what I have in terms of my strengths, which is my ability to go deep, my ability to feel things, harness energy. But also knowing that helps me be okay with contributing to the world once I can synthesize and process it in a certain way. So I really feel like since the 80s, I've been preaching, like, focus on yourself, focus on knowing yourself, getting still, interpreting different, um, you know, self-actualization tools that help you understand, like, what brings you to life, um, because that allows you to focus on your strengths, what's right about you, and then you can use your strengths, um, to help you solve your problems, okay, um, and so, One of the things that we talk about, even in the Reminder Remedy methodology in that episode is being able to reflect on the things that you've done in the past, which is what my coach had me do, which then brought out even more strengths. All right. So I want to give you a ton of things that you can do 
outside of the fact that I know y'all gonna all go and download the pattern app, but I don't want, you know, that to be the only thing that kind of brings across some self-actualization. But here are some things that you can do as an anecdote to imposter syndrome. And it's gonna be all about rediscovering yourself and figuring out your strengths, finding your voice, being okay with your voice and reaffirming like, I am the shit. I am enough, right? Like what's the opposite of am I enough? It is saying and affirming that I am enough. Okay, so number one, you want to think about, you know, um, I want you to make a list of all the things that are great about you or things that you have done that have been amazing. Okay. Um, I also want you to think about your setbacks that you've had and your ability to be resilient and bounce back. Um, And then I want you to think about uh, why you are uniquely qualified to do what you do because of your setbacks and your bounce back story. All right. The other activity that you can do um, to kind of help Nick's imposter syndrome is to do what I did with my coach, which is to create validation for yourself um, or group reflection. And this is why I personally love group coaching as an option for people, um, because it allows us to really see how all of us are really going through the same thing. But a lot of times in group coaching, people will also be very vocal about what they love, about what you did, what you experienced, how you experienced it. And it's very validating to have kind of like your tribe on a regular basis, help you do that. But if you're not in a group coaching program, something that you can do for validation is just text your friends and family and just ask them, hey, what do you feel like are my top three strengths? All right. Um, and then from there, I want you to reflect on how you uh, show up and are willing to serve others based on those strengths that they tell you. And then I want you to also get in a mindset and a mind frame. This may be hard depending on how deep you are in the game, right? But make it a habit not to criticize and judge people. I want you to think about what the evolution of human nature is, right? So in one of my episodes, I believe it's like embracing evolution. I talk about some concepts from one of my favorite books, um, The Seat of the Soul, But, you know, it talks about understanding that the journey of life is really just a journey of returning to self. Okay, so whatever someone is battling that would cause them to drag or criticize or talk down on you is really just a projection of the season that they are going through. And it's a layer that will hopefully be be pulled back when they can really come to terms with what that is. Right. So when I think about how I judge people it's really a reflection of maybe my own insecurities or my own challenges. Right. And you can think about that in reverse. If someone is dragging or talking about somebody or trolling, it's typically based on something that has hurt them and that the journey of life is trying to figure out what it is that has taken us, taken us away from our truest self and peel back a layer to help us heal, right? So when I know that someone is struggling and doing some things to hurt me, I try to be mindful of the fact that on the other side of the coin, they're doing this because something something hurt them, right? And they are using me as a target when really they're just projecting something that needs to be healed. And when we start understanding that about humans, it brings so much compassion and forgiveness in your heart for people that treat you like trash or say things because you realize like, damn, everybody is really just on their own journey. Right. And that's another thing about, you know, being able to nix imposter syndrome is that it's no reason for us to feel like we're fake or that we're not good enough because everybody is just evolving anyway. And we're all just hoping to get to that core before we leave. Right. Um, so anyways, the other thing is that we want to look at this 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 comparison trap. I want you to reflect on all of the things on the other side of the camera that we do not know about the person, right? So when it comes to imposter syndrome, um, we typically take that on because we tend to compare ourselves to other content creators, other coaches, other business owners, other, you know, boutique owners, whatever. But I want you to, even if it's just for 30 seconds, 
Think about all of the other things that you do not see, right? If you see a pretty picture of somebody launching their business or putting out new products, I want you to think about all of the things that have taken place in their life for them to get to this point, whether it's challenges, setbacks, good, bad, ugly. If you take 30 seconds to think about what that has come with, it will put perspective in place to show you that just because somebody is where you want to be right now or their page looks like how you want to do it or they they have a voice that seems to just be graceful, think about all it took for them to get there and it makes you respect your own journey by just saying, hey, I don't see, I can't see the full thing right now. I don't know if they have a supportive spouse. I don't know if they're unable to, you know, do this and that and this is the great part of their life, Right. Everybody is going through all of these things and mindfulness allows us to reflect on that and bring us back to center really quickly when we're dealing with imposter syndrome. Um, You know, and then I think that when it comes to those of us who are struggling to show up, right, it's like visualizing you showing up as you, right? And this is for both business owners and, you know, um, working women, Like visualize you showing up as you, you know, and sometimes it feels like the most disregarded person is this powerful woman, you know, that has everything and we have to shrink her to make people feel comfortable. We're not doing that anymore. Okay. So I want to go down a list of things that I want you to go down a list of things that makes you excellent and really visualize you bringing those things to the workplace so that people can really just feel the full force of what it is to be a powerful black woman. All right. Um, I want you to ask yourself questions that literally say, you know, how am I currently shrinking myself to fit into the circle? You know, it's like, I always think about when Christina Wang, um, (laughs) Christina Wang, Christina Yang on, on Grace, when she left, Grace, the last thing she said to Meredith Gray, and this was in reference to her relationship with Derek, her husband, she said, he's gorgeous. He has beautiful hair. He's a brilliant surgeon. All of those things are true. But I want you to remember that you are the son. Okay, he is not the son. You are the son. And that moment changed Meredith's trajectory because she finally realized, like, I'm a great surgeon. Brilliant. Right. I have, I have, I'm standing on Ellis Gray's shoulders, right? Ancestors, shoulders. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. You know, I'm all of these things. And I'm great at all of them. So why should I have to live in Derek's shadow and make my choices based off of what he's doing? And the moment that she saw herself for what she was, she made choices doing that. So you are the son in these corporate spaces, you know, in politics, in the world, in our history, we are the sun. So the more that we can say, you know, what are we, what am, what am I doing to shrink my personality? What am I doing, you know, in terms of my attire that doesn't reflect who I really am? In terms of my ideas, am I shrinking them back a little bit so they can be a little bit more palatable? You know, what about your creativity, your tone, right? That was something that from jump, I almost didn't get hired at JP Morgan because one of the recruiters said that my accent was too strong. Too strong. Okay, forget everything that I've done for the last 25 years to make me deserve to be here all to almost lose it because I was a little too Southern. Okay. Let's, let's think about all of the ways that we are changing ourselves because people are not ready to stomach the sun, but that's not our problem, right? Your assertiveness, right? How many of us have taken back our tone and our assertiveness to make people more comfortable? You know, pay requirements, all of these gaps and inequities that working women struggle with women for sure. Black women even more. Okay, take some time to reflect on how you can use your strengths to reposition your identity at work. All right. So over on the blog, I've create I've um, I'm going to include even more tools for you to do this. You know, I'm a big fan of the VIA assessment just to list out some of your strengths. Right. If you need to be reminded of what you're naturally good at. That's a great tool. I'll link it there. 
Um, our friends over at positivepsychology.com have 17 different assessments for you to figure out if you are dealing with imposter syndrome and some amazing tools and resources for how you can combat it as well. So I'll link that. And then, you know, I'm always going to throw in some books. Okay. So two books that I love on this subject matter are more than enough. If you haven't read that, definitely have to go read that um, by Elaine Welderroth. <laughs> Excuse me. I think that's how you pronounce her last name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. The creator of Gronish. Amazing book. Um, and then most recently, and I'm halfway through this, but I also think it's worth mentioning is Professional Troublemaker by Lovia Ajayi, because this is something that she has actually taken by the horns in her new book, but also in kind of the way that she pivoted her professional troublemaker um, podcast, which is all about how do we um, no longer shrink ourselves and be victims to imposter syndrome when we are the sun. We are the sun and I can't say it enough. And I think that in order for us to really walk into that light, show up in that light every day, we have to give ourselves permission to spend time with ourselves, rediscover and to be okay to look in the mirror and say like, oh, these are the things that I have struggled with because of X, Y and Z. But. My struggle doesn't mean that I'm not good at it. It may mean that my strength is so powerful that I need to know how to interpret it and be comfortable with my differences, with my uniqueness, so that I can then go and face the world with all of my gifts and be okay with however they receive the sun. Okay. So I hope that this episode was helpful for those of you all who are shrinking yourselves, uh, hesitant to press post, um, been sitting on amazing ideas. If you like this episode, share it with someone that you know it could make a difference in their lives. And I'll see you guys on the other side. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of The Reminder Remedy. Be sure to visit us at theremindermedy.com for all of our latest information on our workshops, our freebies, and how you can stay in touch with us.